Hello, everyone. I'm Sophia, and you're listening to Beyond Study Abroad, the Notre Dame Study Abroad podcast. We're so happy to have you all listening here today. We've got a great and very informative episode today about the scholarship opportunities for abroad students. I personally know how scary it can be looking into a semester abroad and thinking about the finances that go into covering all the weekend trips you want to take and the possible increased cost of living in whatever city you choose to go to and just so many other things. So we're going to tell you all about a couple of excellent scholarship opportunities available to students who are worried about these exact things. So our first interview guest today is Elise Root, who is the National Fellowships Senior Program Manager here at the Center for Undergraduate Scholarly Engagement, or CUSE for short. So today she's here to tell us about the many scholarship opportunities and all of the resources that Notre Dame provides to assist students in finding and applying for these scholarships. And then after Elise, we'll hear from a current Notre Dame senior, Tia Wilson, who is a Gilman Scholarship recipient and was able to study abroad in South Africa during the summer of 2019 and then Dublin that fall. So let's go ahead and get started. All right. So hello to all of our podcast listeners. Right now I'm sitting down with Elise over Zoom, and I'm so happy to have her join us here. Um, She's going to tell us all about the scholarship opportunities for study abroad students. Um, Can you start off by giving a little introduction to who you are, Elise? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's so nice to get to talk to everyone today. Um, My name is Elise Rudd. I'm the National Fellowship Senior Program Manager at the Flatley Center for Undergraduate Scholarly Engagement, which is more commonly known as CUES. Um, We work with students on fellowship and scholarship applications and campus grant applications. And we also run a scholars group of our own called the Soren Scholars. Um, If there are any first year students out there who are looking for a way to get engaged. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today with us, Elise. And before jumping right into the scholarship opportunities, um, as a study abroad podcast, we aim to, of course, bring attention to all the wonderful aspects and opportunities of study abroad and international education in general. And I actually understand that you have some experience of your own in international education. Is that right? Yeah, a little bit. My study abroad experience was a little bit more similar to maybe how students end up working with me at Notre Dame. I was a low-income student. I had planned my college career to a T and it did not involve study abroad because I just thought I could not afford it. Um, And then uh, as a global studies major, my degree runners basically said at one point, okay, everyone has to study abroad. Um, And I was very aggressively against that at first. um, And I put up a really big fight about it because I had wanted to graduate in three years and I had like a very set plan um, and basically got it like whittled down to a summer study abroad program. And then it was probably one of the most eye-opening experiences of my life. And I was truly mad at myself for being mad in the first place. Um, But yeah, I, I think that international education is so important and it is uh, truly one of the most um, like I said, just eye-opening experiences someone can have. Absolutely. Which uh, country is it that you studied abroad in? 
at that time, I thought I was going to be a city planner. Um, and essentially, uh, I chose a city planning program and city history course in Barcelona, Spain. So you already touched upon a little bit about like the value of studying abroad and everything, which we talk about in pretty much every episode here. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, for a lot of students, the cost of studying abroad, as you know, is very daunting and can be a big reason why some students either choose certain programs over others or just choose not to study abroad at all. So can you tell us a little bit about the scholarship opportunities available to Notre Dame students looking to study abroad? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the number one scholarship opportunity that Notre Dame students often access is the Gilman Scholarship. Um, this offers $5,000 for a study abroad of their choice. Um, they do have to be a Pell Grant recipient and you can figure out if you're receiving a Pell Grant through my financial aid and Inside ND. Um, the Gilman Scholarship also offers $2,000 additional dollars if you are studying a critical need language. Um, that includes like Korean, Mandarin, Arabic. Um, Kind of a counterpart to Gilman is the Freeman Asia Scholarship. Um, and Freeman Asia is like, they copied off Gilman for the exam, but their application process is almost exactly the same, but they just have more of a focus in Asia. So if anyone has financial need and they would like to study abroad in Asia, Freeman Asia also offers $5,000 with the additional 2000 if you're studying language while there. Um, there are a couple others that are main, mainly just for language acquisition. One of them is the Critical Language Scholarship, which focuses on, uh, and one of I think like seven critical languages you can take, uh, and they put together an intensive program for eight to 10 weeks in the summer. Um, critical Language Scholarship is often transferred back to Notre Dame as a full year of language study. Uh, and then the Boren Scholarships are also for critical language study. Um, the main Boren scholarship, they like for you to go abroad for an entire year. Uh, so that's kind of niche, but a lot of students have been accessing the Boren Summer STEM Awards lately, which is eight to 10 weeks of language immersion, but you have to have a STEM degree. And they will also fund an internship or lab work in addition to the language study. So that's a pretty common one if anyone's interested in government work. Um, and then the last couple like study abroad-ish awards that I work with um, are called the US-UK Summer Institutes and the uh, Humanity in Action Fellowship. Um, the US-UK Summer Institutes are for study abroad at a UK Institute of Higher Education and they focus on very, very specific different topics. Like there was one at the Globe Theater for acting. There was one at uh, in, in Glasgow for innovation and engineering. Um, and then there's one that usually in Bristol that's about arts and activism. Um, that one is only available to first year and second year students and it runs in the summer for about three weeks. Um, and then Humanity in Action also runs in the summer for about three weeks and each program is in a different city. Um, the only one in the U.S. is in Atlanta, Georgia, and then all the others are across Europe, and they focus on human rights violations and kind of like a guest speaker focused, almost conference-y. That's why those two are kind of funny. They're not your standard study abroad and that the coursework is very like easygoing, I guess. Um, it's more focused on just like international idea trading. Mm -hmm. Wow, that was a lot of great, really good information. I hope that people listening were listening with like a pen and paper beside them. 
jotting down all these opportunities because these are great. So thank you so much for sharing all of these with us. And I understand that there is a lot of resources at Notre Dame through the program that you work for um, to help students find these opportunities and also apply for them. So can you tell us a little bit more about CUSE where you work and what you guys do to help out students? CUSE has been around, I think, since 2005, or it's really been present on campus since 2005. Um, and recently, uh, a just as I started working here, we started moving all of our stuff onto Sakai. Um, so each process we run has, it's almost a class. It feels like you're going through a, an additional one credit course to whatever else you're doing at the time to essentially accomplish a fellowship application. Um, the writing required for fellowship and grant applications is considered an occluded genre which means it's really important and pertinent to academic development. And it's kind of necessary, it's writing about yourself. So it's necessary for cover letters, grad school apps, fellowship applications, but no one really teaches it in the classroom. Um, this is something that a lot of people probably faced when it was time to apply to colleges because teachers who told you for years not to use I were like, okay, write a lot about yourself now, which is just like not something that people practice. Um, so the my colleagues and I at Q's mainly work with students on actually getting the right writing down on paper, making sure you're fitting the genre, getting all the best information about yourself down. Um, and kind of like, we just try to make everyone put their best foot forward for these for these opportunities. Yeah, and so how would a student like go about reaching out to CUSE or uh, taking advantage of these resources? Yeah, so we have a make an appointment page on our website, which is just if you're generally curious which award you might want to apply for, that would be, you can meet with any one of us and just say like, I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, we usually call those discernment meetings. Um, beyond that, if you know I'm going for a certain award, uh, then we have interest forms on our website for almost every single option. Um, our main kind of list page is called Fellowships A to Z. And if you go to qs.nd.edu and then National Fellowships and A to Z, you'll see them listed by categories. So there's like a STEM category, a study abroad category, teaching category uh, that you can just search through which awards you're interested in. And then by clicking through the individual pages, each one of them has an interest form. Um, some of my colleagues might do a little more vetting before adding you to a Sakai site. I generally don't, um, I'm like, I kind of don't ask questions if you fill it out like you're working with me, um, unless it's just not the right time for someone to apply. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that is essentially the best way to kickstart that process. Great. So of all of these like scholarships that you mentioned, um, kind of specifically, you mentioned that the Gilman scholarship is one of the most popular ones to Notre Dame students. So kind of just focusing in on that one, can you tell us a little bit about what the Gilman scholarship application process entails? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Gilman is a really funny one because they usually open the application about a month before it's due, which is the fastest cycle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the fastest cycle out of all of them. Um, and so 
we there's like no chit chat. We just get down to work on that one. Um, the Sakai site for Gilman is mainly focused on the the core essays to the application. When reviewers get it, they see about four pages of writing. The first page is just like, this is where I live, this is what I'm doing, and here's how much money I need. And then the other pages are all essays. Um, that one does not require any recommendation letters, or uh, it does require transcript, but I don't think many reviewers even like look at it. They just see the overall GPA and then care more about the essays. The essay categories are statement of purpose and then community impact. Um, statement of purpose is just totally focused on what the study abroad is, but then community impact is where everyone gets like super confused because it is weird for awards to ask students to do things um, in addition to their actual study, like what they're funding. Okay, and I also understand that the Gilman Scholarship has these uh, students do like a project on their study yeah. experience afterwards. So can you tell us a little bit about what that entails and what's that about? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, Gilman, uh, it's pretty brilliant. They've kind of designed it to be self-sustaining and self-advertising, which I think is also part of why our Gilman numbers continue going up because the more people who win it, the more people have to do this follow-on project that is essentially an outreach project. Um, they ask everyone to pick a campus target group and then do a, like a follow-on project with them that advertises Gilman and study abroad in general. Um, this podcast, actually, <laughs> a lot of people say they want to do a podcast or a vlog or they want to do uh, some sort of like one-off presentation or a Zoom meeting or they're going to invite a panel. It's kind of all over the place and really up to what the student things should be done to advertise it. But yeah, they require this project and it's kind of funny. It's their way of just making sure they get advertised. <laughs> well, I think it's a great idea. And uh, we're actually gonna speak to another Gilman Scholar in this episode in a couple minutes. Um, and I'm sure she'll share with us what she did for her project. So that'll be interesting to hear from her as well. Um, so like you mentioned, Notre Dame is typically very successful with uh, this Gilman Scholarship. Um, so. What do you think, in your opinion, uh, makes Notre Dame students such good applicants and stand out in this application process? Yeah, um, Notre Dame students have this willingness and interest to engage that I think really puts them over the top when they actually go abroad. Um, I also think that Notre Dame students take a lot more time in thinking about where they want to study abroad and when they write their applications, it, it really shows that they could not have gone anywhere else. Um, whether it's a med student who wants to work in a clinic in Puebla, like that makes sense. A Spanish major who is also minoring in ESS and wants to go to Chile for the immersion and chance to work in a primary school. Um, someone who's been studying German and business for seven years and is gonna do an internship in Germany. Um, like there's this, clear trajectory that I think comes through for a lot of students and it makes it really enjoyable to work on honestly because you just get to hear so many fascinating interests and fascinating trajectories and uh, yeah everyone just has a really really interesting narrative once they feel comfortable putting it on paper. That's great and obviously it's it's showed through the amount of Notre Dame students that have been awarded this scholarship. Um, so I just have one final question to you. What advice would you give to students who might be like yourself when you were a student, a low-income student that doesn't want to study abroad or is very concerned about the costs regarding study abroad, what advice would you give to these students about how they can cover these costs and the opportunities available for them? 
First off, I would recommend start planning early. Um, if you are even like slightly interested in study abroad, even if you think it's not financially feasible, if you plan ahead and start looking into things well before they're due, um, you might have an award that you qualify for and you can spend that time really planning to win it. Um, second, I recommend uh, meeting with me <laughs> um, so that we can kind of go through and figure out your options. Um, if you're kind of confused by everything just available, whether it's NDI's summer funding, Nanavik Institute funding, Gilman, Freeman Asia, like really figuring out which award you want to go for, um, we can get pretty strategic about when to use certain things. Um, a lot of students don't know this, but you can apply for Gilman to fund your study abroad in Rome and then Freeman Asia to fund a study abroad in China. And like that is, most students wouldn't think to just put things together like that or go for the maximum amount of awards you could. Um, but yeah, I, I think that like those are my two biggest things is just planning ahead and meeting with someone to figure out your options. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for being here to represent what you guys do and to basically just tell students that you're here for them. And thank you for all the work that you do with all of the scholarship applicants and everything. And thanks for just being here today. Yeah, thank you, Sophia. All right, so now I'm sitting down over Zoom with Tia Wilson, who is here to share her experience with the Gilman Scholarship and her extensive international experience. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Tia. Uh, can you start off by introducing yourself to our podcast listeners? Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Um, so hi, my name is Tia Wilson. I am a senior here at Notre Dame, double majoring in business management and Africana studies. Um, I was in PE, but now I'm off campus living in University Edge, and yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Awesome. Well, we're so happy to have you here. Um, so I understand that you studied abroad in Dublin for a semester and then South Africa for the summer, and you also did an ISSLP, so it sounds like you have so much international experience. Was this ever anything that you had anticipated that you would be doing during your college experience? Yeah, so when I was in high school, I didn't really think about, you know, traveling internationally. Like, I think the only travel experience I've ever had before um, coming to Notre Dame was just like a trip to Chicago. Like, I'm from St. Louis, and it's like a four-hour drive away to Chicago. So that, that was the most wild that it got. So definitely, um, before coming to Notre Dame, um, I wasn't thinking very much about international travel going outside of the Notre Dame bubble, as some people call it and kind of like experiencing different things. The first time I ever took an international trip was actually freshman year as a part of um, my scholars program. I'm an Anne Bryce scholar and they took us to Ireland. And that was my kind of my first international experience. And just from like going to Ireland, talking to a lot of Irish people, learning a lot about Irish culture, seeing the beautiful Irish countryside, like that really is what kind of sparked my interest in international travel. So since then, I just really tried to find as many international experiences as I could. But since that trip, it just, it just kind of stuck. Absolutely. And I'm sure you're glad that you have had all this experience now. Can you tell us, is there any way that specifically reminds you of how this international experience has kind of like been a value to your education or has supplemented um, your education here at Notre Dame? Yeah, for sure. Definitely my South Africa experience. So I'm an Africana Studies major, and that's basically the study of the African diaspora, 
in terms of like the history and we also do some contemporary um, studies as well as um, the study of peoples within Africa. And I had never been to the continent of Africa before. I'm African-American, but um, born and raised here in the United States and so are many of my ancestors. So the first time I'd ever been on the continent, it really felt like I was coming home. Like there are so many people that look like me, not many people that spoke my language, but it, it was still just, just to be able to see like so many people with my skin color. Like that was a culture shock in and of itself because I had just never really experienced uh, a situation in which I was the majority. So that was definitely very eye-opening and it kind of helped me like digest my Africana studies major and courses more because I was able to like put a face to some of the things that I was studying. So actually going there, interacting with the people, trying the food, you know, immersing myself in the culture, that definitely helped supplement my Africana studies major in particular. Absolutely. That's so, that sounds so valuable. And in addition to your time in Uganda, you also studied abroad in the country of South Africa during the summer. Is that correct? Yeah. So that's actually a study abroad program that Notre Dame offers that we have not even gotten the chance to highlight in any of our podcast episodes yet. So can you tell us a little bit about what this program offers, what kind of classes you were taking? Yeah, most definitely. So the South Africa program, that was led by Andre Venter. He is, I think he might be the director of the psychology. He's in psychology. He might be the director that's pending. Um, But it was led by Andre Venter and we were there for about three weeks. We kind of started our experience off in Cape Town, South Africa, which is one of, I think, one of the more um, famous cities um, in South Africa, but the capital is Johannesburg. We started off in Cape Town, and the class was taking a, like, psychological, like, psycho, psychological and historical look at the effects of racism and apartheid in South Africa. So um, for those who don't know, apartheid was basically a system in South Africa where um, the whites who were also Dutch, were separate from the Black South Africans. And it was it, it's kind of like the Jim Crow of America, but worse, honestly, in my opinion. But the same kind of um, social situation, in a sense. So um, we were able to visit a lot of museums. We were able to visit a lot of just like historical neighborhoods where there were Blacks on one side and whites on another side. And just Talking, we talked a lot about the disparities, and we also talked about a lot about how those disparities are still like seen today. Like apartheid has been over for uh, 30 plus years, maybe, but there's still a lot of Black South Africans who live in very dilapidated buildings and who can only get jobs as like you know menial laborers or something like that. So there's still that social strata that we're seeing in South Africa. So we talked a lot about that. Um, we were in. Cape Town for, I want to say a week, and then we kind of moved throughout the rest of the country, and we ended off kind of around Johannesburg. We were in Johannesburg for about two or three days, and we were also able to do um, a safari, which was actually really cool. First time I'd ever done a safari. I was definitely very scared, but we were able to see, like, a lot of animals. Like, apparently we had, like, one of the best trips our tour guide had ever been on or something like that. Yeah, so it was definitely worth it. But yeah, the the majority of the class, though, was really just talking about the effects of racism, the effects of apartheid. We also talked about what it meant to be like an active tourist, in a sense, like not just looking for those Instagrammable moments, but actually taking the time to learn about the history and the culture and maybe even some of the language of the people 
whose country you're visiting. Absolutely. That sounds like such a valuable program. And it also sounds so different from what I know about the Dublin program that then you did the fall after that. So can you tell us a little bit about like the biggest differences between your program in South Africa versus your program in Dublin? I'm sure they both had their valuable aspects as well as differences. Mm -hmm. So what do you think was the biggest difference between the two? The biggest difference? I think I would say because the South Africa program was so smaller, it was only three weeks, as opposed to Dublin, which was three, four months, um, it was definitely felt more accelerated and it was a faster pace in South Africa than it was in Dublin. Like in Dublin, I, I could really take my time in learning the history, learning about the people, making friends from different European countries, and um, just really interacting and living like, you know, an Irelander. I didn't really feel like a South African when I was in South Africa. <laughs> I still felt American. Still, you know, I, I recognized my place. I was a tourist. Mm -hmm. But in Dublin, after like a month or two, I, I knew my way around the bus system. I could pretty much find, find, my, find my way anywhere. I really did feel like, you know, I was an Irelander. I didn't have the accent, but I felt like a local. <laughs> and so you were a Gilman Scholar for the Ireland program, correct? So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about how you found out about the Gilman Scholarship and how to apply? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the first time I heard about the Gilman Scholarship was, as I mentioned previously, I'm an Anne Bryce Scholar and that start, starts off, you know, freshman year and it goes honestly throughout the rest of, rest of our life. But um, I'm pretty sure they were the first program to mention the Gilman Scholarship to me. Yeah, they were definitely the program that mentioned like, hey, if you want to study abroad in another place, there's like resources to help you do that. And the Gilman Scholarship is definitely one of the greatest resources to help you do that. And I'm pretty sure, actually, I'm 100% sure Elise, who um, works in Q's, came to Ann Bryce and gave us just like a one-on-one -on -one talk for my cohort, just to talk about international experience and then to talk about the resources that can, Notre Dame can provide or the national government in terms of the Gilman Scholarship could provide to help us do these experiences we want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And that was going to be my exact next question was, did any of the CUSE faculty assist you in the application for this scholarship? I know it's a very rigorous uh, application process, including many different mm -hmm. essays and everything. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear you say Elise's name, who we actually just heard from. Um, yes. So how exactly uh, did she and the CUSE program help you in this application? Yeah, so Elise uh, is amazing. I love her so much. Um, so she, she hosted just different like kind of office hour sessions where we can send her our um, application, we can send her our essays and she'll look over them, write down some notes and then we come in and then you can just basically like talk about it. Honestly, it's pretty much like a writing center session. Like I'm a writing center tutor. I have been since I was a sophomore and it ran literally just like a writing center session. And she was like, this is what you're doing well. This is where you could perhaps add some more. This is where you could, uh, you know, you could retract this. You don't need this. Just basically like that. She really sat down and said, this is what the Gilman like reviewers are going to be looking for. So let's see how we can craft your essays to kind of answer all of the questions they might have. And yeah, from there, like she was definitely always just an email away. If you ever had any last minute questions, like she was pretty quick at answering emails. So she she was really my go-to contact in Cube as I was going through the Gilman. And I'm also applying for a Fulbright. I'm in the process of doing that. So she, yeah, so she's also um, my go-to contact for that as well. 
Wow. She sounds awesome. I'm so glad that we had her on here, here on the podcast to, to talk to all of our listeners. Um, so my next question about the Gilman Scholarship specifically is that I understand you guys have to do a project about your time abroad when you come back, correct? So mm -hmm. what your project specifically on that you did for the scholarship? Yeah, so my project, so when I was in high school, I was a part of this nonprofit program called College Bound, and it basically connected low-income, high-achieving inner-city students, which I was, um, with, like, higher-tier colleges. So it really took the, the program takes you through the college experience. Most of us, like, like me, are first-generation students, and it basically just, like, helped us, you know, figure out how you apply to college, which college should you go to, gave us ACT prep. Like, honestly, they're, they're a large part of the reason why I'm at Notre Dame, to be honest. So uh, my um, follow-on project was coming back to that program and giving, I, I gave five different presentations to five, you know, different cohorts within College Bound, just about Gilman, but also just about like studying abroad and going abroad in general. Like I said, when I was in high school, I never thought of, never thought of going abroad, never thought of, you know, going to Africa or Europe or Asia or anything like that. And I really wish I would have thought about that. Like, I really wish I would have had that in mind as I was coming into Notre Dame. So I did this project because I wanted to just like bring the rest of the world to these students who might not, you know, see past their neighborhood or see past their city like I did it. So my follow-on project, just telling them about my experience abroad, telling them about the Gilman Scholarship so that they don't have the resources to go abroad once they're in college, that, that they know that there are, you know, resources for them to help them if that's a goal that they have or a want that they have. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like such an inspirational project. So I have one just final question for you, Tia, and that is, what advice would you give to any underclassman student who may be nervous about the finances of going abroad or not know where they can seek help from this? So what advice would you give to a student who's thinking about going abroad um, but is not sure about the finances? My number one advice, go talk to somebody, whether it's somebody that you trust, whether it's a professor, I would personally recommend Q's and in within Q's at least, she is amazing. She knows everybody. And if she doesn't have the answer, she knows how to connect to you to someone who does have the answer. So I would definitely say if you just have this thought like, hey, I want to do a research project in Vietnam. What? Like, that might seem kind of crazy to you, but if that's something that you want to do, there are resources out there at Notre Dame or perhaps elsewhere that can help you do that. But you'll never know unless you reach out and kind of ask someone, hey, I want to do this. How can I do it? Like, how can you help me think about this? And how can you help me think about the finances for this project? Like, one thing I will say about Notre Dame, they have like a lot of resources. I know international travel right now is still on the rocks, <laughs> still pending, you know, but um, hopefully when, when the world comes back, fingers crossed, um, Notre Dame will still have those resources for students who want to do these different research projects or perhaps want to take a course abroad or something like that. I think those, that pool of resources will still be there, especially because we have all these different hubs throughout the world, like in Rome and Dublin and th different things like that. So my number one advice would honestly, if you have the idea, 
reach out to someone, whether it's faculty, a friend, and just talk about, talk it through and ask questions about how you could possibly make it happen. Absolutely. Don't be discouraged. I think that's great <laughs> advice. Thank you so much. I think that'll be really helpful to a lot of the students that are listening to this podcast right now. Um, so thank you Perfect. so much for joining us today and telling us about your international experiences and advice. Um, this is very meaningful. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning in here today as well. Both the Q's contact information and website that Elise mentioned with the scholarship opportunities are listed down below in the episode description. We hope this episode was informative and able to help some students. So with that being said, we look forward to seeing you all back here next week as we continue to venture beyond study abroad.